0: American Timelines is a member of the Queen City Podcast Network. For more information, go to Queen So now I'm
1: ladies no, hello ladies that, no. hello hello no
0: no, no 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 welcome to another episode of american, american timelines. timelines
1: hello i'm amy and i am b arthur's former personal assistant on the set of maud
0: no that's joe and this is the podcast gary that... flanges oh, okay that wasn't that, wasn't,
1: that gary was gary p flanges. this is the podcast that
0: brings you all the <laughs> Nostalgic crazy and interesting facts and factoids from the decades gone by year by year. And tonight we are heading into 1974.
1: I swallowed my socks. Okay, 1974. 1974. We're on a brand new year. Oh, wow, sorry, did we start it, a new year. I'm sorry that it took us 3 episodes to finish 1973. That's why it was hard. It was hard to come up with three weird things i mean yeah, it's harder for you but for me everything i'm finding in the 70s is just so dang interesting i know i know that i gotta delve more i gotta know more that's and, right. and you can't just like touch on these things when it's like wait what the hell happened right yeah, i get it so we gotta expound on some I'm shit.
0: i'm hip baby you know as they what said mean? in the 70s i'm hip
1: and so part of this is learning it's a history podcast we're learning history yep that's and right so it's an educational for the children you should have your elementary school kids listen to this fucking podcast
0: all right what's the first event we're gonna talk about
1: before we get in we got some corrections and apologies from last episode to do oh okay all right and you uh owe our listeners an apology
0: because
1: you uh, you insisted and you're so convincing of a person that you're always sure you're right you're so convincing (laughs) that you had both me and our special guest muppet (laughs) our beautiful red cheek buddy muppet Mm -hmm. our guest last week You had us both convinced that Mork from Ork was not on Happy Days. Well, here's the thing.
0: Here's what I remember saying. Mork and Mindy were not on Happy Days. That's what I said. I said Mork (laughs) and Mindy were not on Happy Days. Don't
1: go down this road. I did
0: not say just (laughs) Mork. (laughs) Mork and Mindy. She was not on happy days. You're
1: right about that. And
0: that's what, them together, not on happy days. That was that was what I was trying to say.
1: That's not. If you listen back, you directly reply Nobody to... Nobody needs to listen back. No, no. It's not necessary. <laughs> no, you listen back. No,
0: no, it's not necessary I'll to listen, listen back.
1: back. I'll listen back. I'll listen back. Because if you listen back, I said, no, I am pretty sure... Mork appeared on Happy Days. I remember seeing him on Happy Days. You're like, no, that didn't happen, and you laughed actually at how stupid I was. And then is this is
0: Mork and Mendy on Happy Days. No, just
1: Mork. You said Mork. He was not on there. That was not on there. Was it was a different. It was in the 70s. It couldn't have been in the 50s, or whatever. And and you even convinced Muppet that he was like, oh, you're right. I have Pam Dauber mixed with uh, Cindy Williams. Like he completely. I think he got was so joking, scared. No, no, he wasn't joking. He doesn't joke. He doesn't kid about. But Cindy movies. Williams isn't on Happy Days either. Yeah, she was. Shirley Williams
0: was on Happy Days?
1: Laverne and Shirley. Remember, it was a spinoff of Happy Days. Oh, Day. that's right. We that's talked right, about that's that. Right. We established that, but so was Mork and Mindy. And so, but I did, you did bring up a conundrum. I was like, okay, you are right that Mork and Mindy was set in the 70s, so how did they do that? Yeah. So I did look up and see that they explained that away by saying that Mork was a time traveler.
0: Oh, so. He was okay. also an
1: alien and a time traveler. And the whole reason he, the whole reason Mork and Mindy existed is because he was, they decided to do that alien angle on Happy Days and. That
0: look. that must have been after fans, the jump the shark episode, the, had an be. alien, an yeah. alien on Happy Days. It I'm got like, ridiculous. Happy it, Days got ridiculous. Really bad.
1: I mean. Some folks think it got ridiculous when, you know, Fonzie jumped the shark. Some when the, an alien showed up. And some when Tom Bosley mm-hmm. uh, did that episode where he tucked it's his a junk. The new shower scene. He tucked his junk, and he was like, look at me. Yeah. I'm a lady now. That was. And he was walking around naked. He was making uh,
0: people rub lotion on him. Yeah,
1: rub lotion. And uh, there was a shower, the 20-minute shower. The whole episode was just Tom Bosley in the shower. Yeah, that, yeah, was, that was. That was a Carmine, weird one. Okay. Carmine rubbing his back. um. Is anyway. that all
0: for corrections and apologies?
1: Uh, no, I think uh, crap. There was another one too, but I've forgotten since.
0: Is uh, it another thing I supposedly did? No. I said?
1: I, well, no. Randy Savage. The it was the it was the Tampa Tarpons. Was nobody the, cares about that? The team that he was playing on the minor league team. Nobody, that I remember.
0: not one human being when listening he, cares about that. When he
1: debuted as the Spider in wrestling, it was the off season of, of baseball. So um, okay. there was that. But there's probably I think there was one other thing. Right. That was probably television related that we got wrong. That You were like, oh, I think this. And you're like, dead wrong. Oh, okay. But I can't remember that. So if right. I remember yep, I'm
0: sure you'll remember it and wake me up in the middle of the night to oh, tell me.
1: Oh, I will. And then we will come downstairs and record this podcast.
0: Yep. All right.
1: Uh, that correction. Okay. But let's jump right into 1974, shall we? All right. 74. Do you know anybody born in 74?
0: I'm sure I do. I think.
1: Uh, Name them all
0: joy and katie were both at 74. Were they? My brother
1: andy was born in 1974. Yeah. In July. Um, as we do I like to jump into some things that don't really have dates but they're notably 1974. Some quotes. Okay. Some famous quotes from 1974 were um, or, or slogans were taste great less filling. Okay. That began in 1974. You know what product that's for.
0: Taste great less filling. God it's on the tip of my tongue.
1: No, it's not. It's just oh. gut.
0: Tastes great, less filling. Tastes Is, great. Was less it a soda?
1: Filling. No, beer.
0: Oh, it was a beer.
1: Yeah, because less filling, tastes great. Because yeah. you want to drink a bunch Bud of Bud Light beer. or Miller Light. Miller Light. Miller Light. Yep.
0: Okay. Yep. Yes. And, and so if that you, went on for a long time. That tastes great, less yeah, filling. I think
1: it's still going, maybe.
0: I don't know about that, but oh.
1: Don't try to deny I won't.
0: It. I won't insist that I'm right. I
1: wouldn't because you've learned yeah. that every time you insist you're right, you're dead wrong.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But my favorite thing about this was when I was a kid, anytime you'd ride the Gemini mm-hmm. at Cedar Point in Ohio, mm-hmm. there's like two cars, there's a red car, a blue car, like a series of cars, and you're riding at the same time with another car, and you're kind of racing them. Yeah. Uh, and then one goes ahead, and uh, one time when I was on that ride, People started an argu- a chant on one of the cars. One would yell, taste great, and the other car would yell, less filling. That's and really stupid. And they would stupid. yell, taste great, less filling. we do it the whole time. That's uh, really stupid. It was really stupid, but I was a kid, and I thought that was the yeah, coolest thing ever. That was thing. funny, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, everybody on the whole car participated, and there was, like, you know, there's, like, several people mm-hmm. in, a, in a roller coaster. I get it. Yeah, that's fun. Uh, Dynamite. Oh, JJ. That came out Jimmy in 1974, Walker. Jimmy Walker. Yeah, J J Jimmy Walker and do you know what we talked about this? That was a spinoff of a show of,
0: of 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 was it All in the Family? No, that was the Jeffersons. Here, was it was? Oh God!
1: Here's a hint. I'm the personal assistant to the lead character on this. What show? I was earlier. I pretended to be. In the intros I pretended to be
0: Oh B. Arthur. Oh, it was uh Maud. Um, Maud. Yeah, good times was a was spinoff it? of Maud. Remember we I talked that. about that? No, not remember
1: that. Now in nineteen seventy three we talked about Florida Evans was a character on Maud. Oh right. And then we got in that whole spin off yeah. conversation. That's right. Where I talked about did you know that Golden Palace existed? there was yeah, a spinoff of, of Golden, Girls. Golden Girls. That's right. Because I found this whole website it's just a list of all the spin offs of every show. It's an awesome
0: How many movie. hours did you spend on that? when you could have been cleaning uh, six, the house six and a half mm-hmm.
1: well you know the house what i find is if i don't clean the house it just it cleans itself so okay we're not we're it's not like going a vagina. the house is like a vagina all right okay self-cleaning yep well no i'll vagina. see you later it's been fun <laughs> all right well amy has left the podcast so <laughs> now it's just me uh another quote for you listeners uh since amy's not here mm-hmm. uh keep oh she's back i'm back oh you're back Keep your friends close, but your enemies closer. You know what that's from? No,
0: I, I don't. Like I think I will once you say it.
1: Al, Al Pacino says it in a movie.
0: Oh, I don't think I saw. What is it?
1: The Godfather Part Two. Oh, I've
0: seen The Godfather. Yeah. Part Two. I just didn't remember you that saw was part two? that was it. Yeah, I've seen that. Part Two. I've oh. seen both of them, but uh,
1: three. There was three of them. So you can't say. Both. I
0: think I've seen all three of them actually.
1: The third one I think notoriously sucks, mm-hmm.
0: right? It was in the theaters. Yeah. Okay.
1: Also in January, the Post-it note was invented by Arthur Fry.
0: Who was? I thought it was invented by a woman.
1: Uh he. Uh, or used, didn't uh, the guy be a woman? Didn't um a, the
0: guy in the monkeys? Wasn't that his mom and dad or something? I think the Mike from the Monkeys.
1: Mike Nesmith.
0: Yeah, I think.
1: No, you're way off. Well, he to, uh, I've heard that. I might. I can't well, be the
0: only person that heard that. Well, it's, maybe that's an urban legend.
1: Yeah, it's not that Mike from is. the monkeys. You're the only person that's ever heard it. Parents
0: uh, invented Post-it notes. Well, now it is. I'm gonna. I'm gonna make it up. Here's out. the
1: thing: in 1968, Stank Dr. Spencer Silver, a scientist at 3M in the U.S., he was attempting to develop a super strong adhesive. Instead, he accidentally created a low tack, reusable, pressure sensitive adhesive. For five years. He promoted his solution without a problem within 3M, both informally and through seminars, but failed to gain acceptance. In 1974, a colleague who attended one of his seminars, Art Fry, came up with the idea of using the adhesive to anchor his bookmark in his hymn book. Fry then utilized 3M's officially sanctioned permitted bootlegging policy to develop the idea. The original notes, yellow color, was chosen by accident as the lab next door to the post-it team I had only yellow scrap paper to use. Okay. Also, liposuction was invented in 1974. Was it that
0: long ago, huh? In
1: Italy. Well, the, the idea, to, they were already cutting fat surgically, I guess, out so of people. They? But this is this the f- around 74 is when they first came up you with the idea to suck it. sucking it out. But <laughs> I don't think they actually performed the first liposuction surgery until later, but they were, like, came up with the idea to start trying to suck develop the, the fat suck up. fat technology. But it was in Rome.
0: Oh, I wonder if do people still get liposuction? Yeah, I guess they do.
1: I don't know anybody who has. Do you?
0: No, I don't know anybody who has, but I th- I think people still do.
1: You know what? That might be something to start asking people. Hey, did you get lipo?
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you look great. Did you get lipo? Did you get
1: lipo? I'm gonna ask everybody <laughs> who comes back from maternity. Leave. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, what'd you do? Get lipo? Uh, you look you great?
1: Get lipo, liposuction. <laughs> Or just start recommending people. You know what you could use? You could get a little lipo. Some, some lipo. Some,
0: some lipo. Take that right out. You know what?
1: You look great except for right here. Lipo suction might help that. A little bit of lipo. Like I think, yeah, it's cosmetic okay. surgeons. It's good to do that at the office. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. I, I can't see any. I like. Harm I like complimenting that. people with it. Yeah. I think that's funnier. <laughs> you look so good except from.
0: What'd the, you get? Did you get lipo?
1: All right, Monday, January seventh, nineteen seventy four. Jane Goodall was born. No. Jane Goodall got laid. No. Jane Tell Goodall it truth. got pregnant? Right. No. No, this is actually really interesting. Jane Goodall, mm-hmm. she observed a social rift in a community of chimpanzees that turned into a violent four-year civil war. Oh, my God. For territory involving kidnapping, rape, and murder. Oh, my God. Completely changing her perception of chimpanzees. It is known as the gambi chimpanzee war, she and she watched it. She was observing all these, these colonies of chimpanzees. So she watched chimpanzees She's raping, raping each other. Yeah, and she 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 liked it. No,
0: she didn't <laughs> like it.
1: <laughs> she didn't like it. No, she was shocked. Uh, yeah, let me tell you. So the first outbreak of violence occurred on January 7, seventy four, when a party of six adult Casakela males attacked and killed Gobi. A young Kahama male who had been feeding in a tree. This was the first time that any of the chimpanzees had been seen to deliberately kill a, for, fe- like a, fe- a fellow chimp. Yeah. Uh, over the next four years, all six of the adult male members of the Kahama—that's like one mm-hmm. tribe of the chim- chimpanzees—were killed by the Kasakela males
0: for like revenge.
1: Yeah. Of the, well, it, yeah. It started a battle. Yeah. Of the. Uh, so that well, the Kase- feel revenge. Well the Casakela ones were the ones that killed Gobi first. Oh. And then and then they just you know, I'm sure the commas were retaliating, but um, uh,
0: That's amazing that chimpanzees feel that of f- revenge is a very complicated yeah. emotion. Yeah, and, they,
1: and they're and they fighting over territory just like people do. Yeah. Of the females from Kahama, one was killed, two went missing, and three were beaten and kidnapped by the Casakela males. Oh, my God. Kela then succeeded in taking over Kahama's territory. Uh, you know that screensaver
0: option that I mentioned earlier yeah, I, could really fix that?
1: I'm going to punch myself in the balls. But these territorial gains were not permanent.
0: Yeah. Sorry, I'm just doing that.
1: Oh, Stop doing that, um, because when the Kahama were gone, the Kasakela's territory now butted up directly against the territory of another chimpanzee community. Ch- oh my gosh. Called the Kalande, uh, and they had superior. Do you think the
0: chimpanzees come up with those names?
1: Numbers, yeah.
0: Do you think they, they sat around and what what, are we, what should we be called? Well, and that's hey guys.
1: The, well, that's the funny part of it is uh, Jane Goodall kind of has a quote about. This outbreak, where she was shocked by it, and um, she calls them by their names that she's given them, like With Sniffles uh, and Rudolph. And <laughs> and I can't believe uh,
0: Sniffles s- raped Rudolph yeah. so badly.
1: Yeah, Rudolph uh, grabbed the, drank the blood right out of Sniffles' skull. It's really, <laughs> uh, really upset. Um, and Pepe uh, ripped the skin off of Fido. And started hitting again and quivering the body of Goliath, the one of his childhood heroes. Uh, so there's all kinds of just like, she was just like shocked. Um, wow. But it really revealed to Jane Goodall the dark side of chimpanzee behavior.
0: Yeah. Um, Chimpanzees are assholes.
1: I, uh, well, they're just like you know us. What?
0: There was a chimpanzee that killed, that just ripped like a woman's us. face off. She, she had it as a pet. It was yeah right. that if it was in the 2000s. Well, they're wild animals. yes yeah, she had it as a pet, and it's it, a wild it animal. It became an adult, and it ripped her face off. Yes,
1: or you shouldn't have it it as a killed. Pet. And it didn't
0: kill her, but I mean, her it's face a was, wild animal. Oh, I know. I just lady. I mean, I'm God, not I heard trying, that 911 call.
1: Why? Why did because you listen to that?
0: I don't know. I'm something's wrong with me. Something is wrong with you. Why would you listen to that? It was on a podcast. Last podcast on the left was playing 911 uh, calls.
1: Oh <laughs> I listened God. to that episode. How would you listen to that? I don't know. Like you know, get it Spotify or something. <laughs> get a playlist. Yeah. <sighs> Gosh, to there's, calls. there's so many music apps out there. You can just listen to some pleasant songs. You don't have to listen to 911 calls. Ah, there's something wrong with you. That's the crux of the thing. Like, what? Why are we doing this? I like Maud and you like to <laughs> listen to 911 calls. It's just, you know, Watch Three's Company no. reruns for once. It's like, It's It's, it's a light, Halloween. airy, you know, fluffy.
0: It's kind of Halloweenish.
1: Anyway, not to be um, judgmental of that lady, but if you bring a wild animal into your house, yes. you can't be upset when it rips your face off. Yeah. Saturday, January 12th, 1974, the Steve Miller band knocks Jim Croce off the Billboard number one spot. Yeah. With a song. Who? who from their you, 1973 album, who, who The Joker. Steve, oh, Steve Miller. Steve Miller band. Okay. Do you know what song it is?
0: The Joker? The Joker, That's yeah. what you said.
1: Well, it's a song off the album, The Joker, so I didn't know if you Oh, The, the Joker.
0: Oh, yeah. I see. I it's see. actually yeah. the song.
1: Uh, it's one of two Steve Miller band songs that featured the uh, incorrect word "pompatus,"
0: <laughs> The pompatus of love. Yeah, which
1: isn't a word. Because I speak on the, the pompatus of, of love. love. But I, guess I always
0: it, thought I just didn't hear, I just didn't understand what they were really saying. Yeah, I
1: thought it was just some word that I didn't know, and I never thought to Google it. But uh, it's actually a word that he misheard from another song uh, of Vernon Green. And song what an idiot and vernon green actually the word that vernon green used he actually makes it up he made up the word called puppet toots, meaning a paper doll erotic fantasy figure uh and steve miller misheard what? that word on a song and thought he said "pompetus." what
0: an idiot why would you put that in your song if you didn't even know what the word was so he just made up the spelling and everything i guess because you'd find out it doesn't exist the minute you try to look it up to find out how to spell it.
1: Well, why would he look it up? Google didn't exist then. He's not going to go look in a dictionary. You think he's going to go look in a dictionary? If
0: you're going to write a, a formal song and have like, the lyrics in the jacket and he's all that. He's Steve
1: fucking Miller.
0: <laughs> I don't care for that song anyways.
1: I'm a joker. I'm a toker. Yeah. I'm a
0: midnight Yeah, you yeah, already fucked it up. I must have. It's a joker, a smoker, a smoker,
1: midnight toker. Smoker, yeah, a midnight toker, okay. Um you're the cutest thing that I have. All right. Ever all right, all right. all right, all right. Really love your Stop peaches want to shake your tree. Well, then here's the thing. He wrote that under a peach tree. What? When somebody came by and shook it.
0: No, you're making some shit up And he up was now. like,
1: "Oh, I really love your peaches want to shake." All right. Okay, What's that's next? Not true. But that song, no, this is a little trivia about that song.
0: No, and now you're going to make some other shit up. I oh, this is actually help. true. I can tell. <laughs> no, this
1: is true. It's not even, it's not about him. It's more about me and how that song is only no. meaningful to me because when I got my first car in high school that I could only afford to buy because I was in a horrible car accident. Yeah. And Jim Jaco was driving his insurance, gave me money, so I was able to buy a car with that Jeez. money. Jeez. Uh, so otherwise I wouldn't have had a car in high school, mm-hmm. but I bought a Ford Tempo. Mm-hmm. There was a tape in the Nobody tape cares there. about all the yeah, history all that. with your cars. Steve Miller Band. So the Joker. You, had to listen,
0: you had to listen to that all the time.
1: Yeah, it was the only tape in there, and they told me this was the car of the wife of the of the wife of the guy who owns the dealership, Okay. which was a Ford Tempo. So why would not he not give her something better? No, really. It was a Ford dealership. So what do you want? And then Jane Goodall had another chimpanzee. She did. War? No, I'm just kidding. Sunday, January thirteenth, nineteen seventy four, was the Super Bowl. Super Bowl eight. All right.
0: What do we got to hear about I was, this?
1: But the pause was because I was reading the Roman numerals. Oh. And, yeah, I always have to take a minute. I like, see how many little lines there are. At least you can. I don't think our the, children. I, I, I.
0: I don't think they just they.
1: Well, why would you it teach it them? Why do you teach? Why does anybody?
0: Because so you can read shit like that. <laughs> so
1: you can read the Super Bowl, what Super Bowl it is. That's or whatever
0: reason. it is. You can read, so there's clocks that still have Roman numerals on them.
1: You're a clock. You want to guess what the Super Bowl ad price was?
0: Oh, God. I don't think we did it in 73, did we? We
1: did it in the first episode of 73. But did Now it? we spread it out in three episodes. And
0: I can't remember what it was. What is it, like, 800,000?
1: 800, 850,000? No, remember when we went, jumped back to the 70s?
0: Oh, I thought it was already 600,000. Or maybe I'm thinking of 16,000. Maybe it was that low. No. I have no idea. Just we, were, we were
1: at the, like 80 grand.
0: Oh, it was eighty eighty five thousand.
1: That's at one hundred and three. Okay. One hundred and three thousand. That was thrilling. Yeah, <laughs> that's go thrilling. through all those numbers. Um, you know, I should start looking up the Super Bowl actual ads and like yeah. read them.
0: Popular Super Bowl, popular commercials from the years.
1: Oh, why didn't we do that? Why did not we do that, honey? Why don't we do that? Why don't we, well, we do that? When we got time. Okay. To do we it gotta, in the next we episode. Yeah, do that. We should have done that in the 80s. Oh, we should have done that in the oh, 80s. Oh, let's go back to the 80s. We're idiots. Let's start over. Let's start over. Okay. Welcome no, to no,
0: 1980.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to American Timeline, <laughs> the podcast that brings you a <laughs> bunch of stupid shit that you don't want All to right. listen to. Uh, okay. Uh, anyway, it was, not, uh, it was the Super Bowl was the Minnesota Vikings. Oh. And the crappy Miami Dolphins. Uh, for, uh, the Dolphins. And they won the game. Oh, like, the Dolphins won. 24-7. Imagine seven. that. Yeah, the Vikings have never won a Super Bowl. They Imagine lost, They lost four. That. Lost four. Uh, this was the second consecutive Super Bowl for the Stupid Dolphins. The first team to do so since the Green Bay Packers. And Super Bowls 1 and 2. And the first AFL-AFC team to do so. Okay. It was at Rice Stadium in Houston, Texas. And this was the first time the Super Bowl was ve- the Super Bowl venue was not home to that of an NFL franchise.
0: Oh, okay.
1: This is the last Super Bowl to feature goalposts at the front of the end zone. They were moved to the back of the end zone the next season.
0: Okay, I, I have no idea what the fuck that means.
1: You know how, like, I don't know, I know I, where the goalpost is. You know how yeah. the goalpost, like where yeah. the kick is in the back of the end zone there? Yeah, like they when they run, so. they touchdown, Randy Moss, they put his butt up right. against the one time the one guy hit it. It used to be, stupidly, at the front of the end zone. So you, when you run, there's a good chance you're going to hit it. Because it's like, to get to the end zone, you got to get past the goal. you got to go around the goal post in the middle. Okay. So people were hitting it and bumping into it all the time. And So it's hurting. like in the middle
0: of the football field?
1: Kind of, Like, no. The middle of the field's here, but here's the end zone. It was in the front of the end zone instead of the back of the end zone. Okay. The back of the end zone, you can run into the end zone anywhere to score. Yeah. But... A lot of times people would hit that damn goalpost.
0: Okay. Well, good thing they figured that out.
1: Yeah, it was stupid that they did that. And uh, do you want to know who sang the national anthem? No. Charlie Pride did. Is that country singer? Charlie Pride. I think that's a country singer. He's a prideful fella. I think he sang. I don't know what Charlie Pride did. I guess I got to look up his bio. We find not right Charlie now. Bryan. You're not going to. Yeah, Charlie Pride. We've got to find out. No. Right now. Yeah, we know. What's next? Um, also, that um, remember that Connie Hamsey who slept with all those dudes? That yeah. Kirby? Yep. She probably banged Charlie Pride too. <laughs> 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 okay. Yeah.
0: Good thing we brought her back up for that.
1: Saturday, January 19th, 1974. We got a new number one song. Al Wilson takes Al- over the Billboard charts. Al
0: Wilson. Who is that?
1: Al Wilson. You don't know who he is? No. No.
0: Oh. What a, kind of a singer name is that? Al Wilson. I'm Al Wilson. It's not like a, your neighbor.
1: Well, I do have a neighbor named Al Wilson. He gives, you know, he can't. It's mooning you. Every Al time you just. Drive by. Well, he that and. <laughs> And every time he mows the lawn, it's a different spot. Like, where does your yard end and where does mine? How come last time, Al, you stopped mowing here and I had to mow this part, and then this time you mowed farther over? Is this a euphemism for trimming your pubes? Well,
0: is this a big, big metaphorical story about him and you, and you're trimming each other's pubes again?
1: You show me somebody who hasn't trimmed their neighbor's pubes, and I'll (laughs) show you a guy with touche, a lot of skin tags, and a gross gut. Touche. Anyway, Al Wilson sang a song called "Show and Tell." I don't.
0: I I probably know it if you play it.
1: I don't want to show and tell. No, that's well. not how it goes. <laughs> yeah, idiot. You're that's idiot. You're an idiot. That's <laughs> harsh. Play that. Sing that song. No, it is. Terrence Trent D'Arby and Al Wilson are the same guy. Not I a wish? Well, well, show and tell, and, and, and show and tell. All right, Al Wilson Show and Tell. Actually, I don't know the song at all. I don't think I've ever heard it.
0: Yeah, that, some some old R and B.
1: Show and Tell. I don't know who Al Wilson is, but I bet he got a lot of ladies. He got a lot of puss. <laughs> a lot of puss. I was going to say trim, but then I stopped myself because I didn't want to. It's the Me Too movement, and then you yep. went ahead and just went with the puss. Yeah. So, um, but you can because I can. you are the a lady. lady. Yeah. Uh, this was first recorded, according to Wikipedia, this was first recorded by Johnny Mathis in 1972, but this one uh, went to number one in 1974 with Al Wilson. Engelbert Humperdinck.
0: Yes. Uh,
1: Covered this. Peebo
0: Burr Humperdinck.
1: Peebo Bryson did it. Uh, Had a number one R&B hit with his version in 1989. Mm -hmm. Vanessa Williams, the singer, because there's two Vanessa Williams, uh, covered the song for her 2005 studio album, Everlasting Love.
0: And so the st- there's a lot of R and B lovers that were probably totally cussing us oh, yeah. out when we were talk- think, when yeah. we were talking about Al Wilson right. and stuff. So they're they're like, probably like you idiots. idiots,
1: you stupid pieces of shit that don't know this. Um, the song was often called by Paul Schaefer and the CBS Orchestra on the late show with David Letterman for the segment "Show and Tell." Mm-hmm. D- right. Dave had that segment. Yeah. You. So um, there you go. Yep. Um Engelbert Humperdinck. There was a. There was a wrestling manager by that name, I think.
0: No. Yeah, no. same name. No. Oh, it was Oliver Humperdinck. I was going to say.
1: So anytime I hear Gilbert Ang- Humperdinck, I just picture that guy. He was like a fat guy oh. with a red beard. And then Saturday, January 26, 1974, Al Wilson is now off the number one spot, and Ringo Starr has replaced him yeah. with a song that I find very controversial. and Oh, really? And wrong. Like Again, it's back into this whole... A raping children thing. Um, okay. That we write songs about having sex with children, and everybody just accepts it, and that's fine. What is now, that? Now, I was wrong. Ben was about a mouse. It was a movie about a mouse. Yeah, okay. A rat or whatever. So I realized that, but if you hadn't known that, it would sound like Michael Jackson's singing about a love affair with an old man. But this one, Ringo Starr, the song is called You're Sixteen. You're Sixteen.
0: You know that song? I think you're 16. It sounds like in your a 50s mind. song. Like yeah, yeah.
1: A, it is a 60. It is a 50s song that he redid.
0: Yeah, I know that song. But
1: still, why didn't anybody in the 50s? Why didn't they think that was wrong? Like a, a grown I guess man singing about
0: the kid. The a lot of times who was singing were teenagers too.
1: No. 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 No, it's a grown man singing this. But how
0: it. many? A lot of people covered it. I think you right? must
1: have. You must have been able to be. To date, sixteen-year-olds when you're sixteen, you're beautiful in your mind.
0: Yeah. Like Peaches and cream. Yeah. Like strawberry. strawberry wine. You're you're beautiful, and you're mine. Because they sing it, honey. And then I the thought singer, it was like maybe somebody singers singers singing about his are, daughter. No, the singers that are singing it. Are singing it with their fans in mind, and their fans are all teenagers, and so they want they're they're going to sing songs that appeal to teenagers because but, they're but the ones he, listening. But then he
1: talks about kissing them.
0: Yeah, so he's he, they're they're thinking about their fans. So if there's a a boy who would would listen to the song and imagine himself singing it to his girlfriend, I mean they're they're making the songs for the fans to. Enjoy
1: well in the video. It's Ringo Starr, fully grown man with a beard.
0: You're singing. He,
1: no, the, he made a video of it where he's singing this to a 16 year old girl, and he's like kissing her. Well,
0: that's weird. That and is it's weird. played by
1: played by Carrie Fisher. What? Yeah, in the video.
0: Oh. Okay, we like, can. I'm turn gonna it off. kiss
1: you. I'm gonna. It's a dumb song. Put it in you and all this stuff. No,
0: they don't say that. No.
1: <laughs> yeah, they do. They, they say horrible things. Um... But here's the thing. So this song, uh, Paul McCartney is 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 credited on the liner notes as having played the solo on a kazoo.
0: Okay.
1: There's a kazoo solo in this song. Jeez. <laughs> Which again, why would sound like this? a winner. Yeah. Um but I guess it wasn't really a kazoo, it just sounds like a kazoo. But who cares? So let's not let's not go on and on about the kazoo. Let's
0: not go on and on about the song. How about that? Yeah.
1: Carrie Fisher was twenty two when she was in the video, so at least she wasn't sixteen. But in 2017, this song was connected to the Roy Moore controversy. Oh. Remember the whole Roy Moore thing? And yeah. they talked about him wanting to date high school girls when he was in his 20s. And yeah. he'd Go to high school football games, pick up 16-year-olds. Uh, Breitbart editor Joel Pollack during an interview on CNN said, you know, in 1973, Ringo Starr hit number one on the Billboard charts with the song You're 16, You're Beautiful in Your Mind. and Your Mind, Pollock said, uh, he was like 30-something singing about a 16-year-old. You want to take take away ringo starr's achievement. And so that That's guy was ridiculous. like saying, Ringo, yeah, he was saying that. So, so. he's
0: saying he's saying Ringo, ringo Starr, Starr is just as bad for singing a song.
1: Right. Well, he's saying he's saying about Roy ba-
0: Moore is who's actually going out and doing these things. Yeah. That's a ridiculous comparison.
1: Well, why would you sing about banging a 16-year-old? That just is weird.
0: It has it is not any anywhere close to actually doing what Roy Moore dead
1: okay well i'm not saying that the guy from breitbart said that oh, i know yeah, i'm just saying so.
0: it's a stupid comparison
1: i don't even i mean i only watch Infowars like four times a week <laughs> <Gross>. <laughs> i would from, be leaving you sometimes i see that guy i'm like god do i look like that guy
0: sometimes i see that guy and think why isn't he in in a cardiac unit somewhere
1: oh he will be yeah. he He's looks gonna have a heart attack He's yeah he he ham. looks like he's having one every time like, I see him. Does he have two hammocks in it? Two ham? What? Ham? Ham hocks? Ham hocks in his hands? Like, I feel like he's under the table. He's just going to take two bites of Oh, ham. yeah. Anyway, uh, Friday, February 1st, 1974, Connect Four was introduced. Oh, one of my for toys. Connect Four went on sale. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was also known as Captain's Mistress Four Up. Plot four, find four, four in a row, four in a line, drop four, and gravitrips. And it also has pretty
0: sneaky, sis. Remember that?
1: Oh yeah, and then he punches her, and she punches him <laughs> in the face. Yeah. Uh, it's a two-player connection game in which the players first choose a color and then take. We all know what Connect Four is,
0: right? We don't need to. Uh,
1: I just played that with Jack Marshall not recently. What? Um, yeah, uh, they we went to a, a bar. They had, yeah, um, but I don't know if you know this. Connect Four is a solved game. The first player can always win by playing the right moves.
0: Yeah, I can figure it. It's not. I mean, it's a pretty easy. It's like playing tic tac toe, isn't it?
1: Yeah, except there's a lot more circles. Yeah. A lot more holes. But Jack. That's and I what just, she said. Jack and I, we nobody won. We just tied every single game. Yeah, that's. But what, we also didn't have enough pieces. Oh, because you're in a bar. You're at a bar that yeah. has the game. So, um, we played it at uh, Third Coast Comedy Club in Nashville, Tennessee. Okay. They have you improv plug? shows and comedy plug? shows. Yeah, it was a, actually, it was a good time. They had, so, they had a good beer, beer selection. I drank a Bearded Iris mm-hmm. IPA from a brewery called uh, Bearded Iris. It was delicious. All right. Uh, I like to go to other cities and try their beers. So. All right. Enough about you. <laughs> it wasn't about me. It was about Nashville. Shout out to Nashville and Matt Ruck. Okay. Matt Ruck lives there. He's a beautiful fella what's next um and then connect 4 uh was invented again no and then more people played connect 4 let's just do a connect 4 podcast No, right? we're just not doing about that. connect 4 we're
0: not doing that
1: Saturday February 2nd 1974 Barbara Streisand comes on the top of the Billboard charts oh was it um this is a song from a movie from last episode that we talked about briefly
0: was it um uh Enough is
1: enough, is enough, I can't go on. It was the title of the movie. Oh, it's a
0: title. It. I can't remember.
1: The Way We Were.
0: Oh, okay. The Way We Were. She's so... You Are you a fan of that song? Are I know, you that, I know that? <laughs> that song. You know it. I'm not a big Barbra Streisand I, fan. I,
1: I loathe it. You I loathe, loathe it? <laughs> I loathe
0: Barbara Streisand. It's a strong feeling. I can't, Don McAllister's going to have your head on a platter. I just,
1: you know, for somebody like, I really love Don McAllister, but we have nothing in common at all. <laughs> nothing. No, you, the only thing we have in common, Don and I, is alcohol. We yeah. We both love to drink. That's all that matters. It, it is all that matters. Uh, all that it takes. Because I don't, I mean, he is a part, like he goes home and he just plays Barbra Streisand songs and movies and dresses up like Barbra Streisand. He doesn't dress and up and like sing, Barbra Streisand. And makes soup in his apartment and songs and dances around probably. No, he doesn't. If I never hear the song again, it'll yeah. be too damn soon. Yeah. Okay. It sucks. It's <laughs> terrible. She's awful. Like, why would you like? What? What is appealing about that? Her voice or anything? It's just. Yeah. I don't get it. I just don't get it. This well, is well, that's terrible. why
0: you're not your straight man.
1: I yeah. I mean, I guess that's. I mean, if you want to just lump people in categories. Uh, oh. <laughs> I see how you are. I don't see gender, so I'm not sure that I'm a straight man. I don't even know that I'm a man. I don't see gender. I don't see race. I don't see color. I don't see okay. sex. Uh, What's next? No, but let me tell you about the the way we were. Okay. Oh, God. Does anybody care about any of this? No. <laughs> Just, uh, it helped. Apparently, this song helped revive her career. It was, like, struggling before oh, this, okay. apparently. But... um And now she won't even, like, play all cities in the country. Like, she wouldn't dare set foot in a lot of states because she's too good for everybody. Oh, okay. Um, um, But but this was the most, sad to say, the Way We Were was 1974's most successful recording in the United States. Was it really? Yeah. Isn't that terrible?
0: Well, a lot of people, sentimental people. Why do
1: people like that? It's so dumb. All right. And shitty. Can we move
0: on now? <laughs> it's just... Oh, you made I, I your mean, point. I mean, it's just... No,
1: Marvin Hamlish wrote it. Wrote that song, by okay. the way. Marvin Hamlish. Yeah. The only thing I know about Marvin Hamlish is he's got a funny name. Yeah. That's true. I like that name. But, uh, no, I just... I just... You know, I got to a point where I listened to the song, and I, was, I just, like... I think I just lost all faith in humanity, and at the same time, I realized, well, this is why we have wars and...
0: All right. Strife,
1: because this, like people like this, so but it's yeah, not
0: that bad. Wars and strife. What's wrong with you?
1: No, I mean this is why the world is the way it is, because there are people who like that. That's so silly. I'm sorry. I just. All right. What's next? No, I've lost all hope in humanity. The Up Charlotte podcast. Connects you with your great local businesses. The podcast includes events, reviews, and interviews fe- featuring the people and businesses that make Charlotte NC the vibrant, dynamic city it is. The bi weekly show is hosted by Yelp Charlotte Senior Community and Marketing Director Nikki Wolf. And recent guests have included former Carolina Panthers Steve Ice Up Son Smith. And Heather McDonald from Cup Crazed. Find out who's making things happen in Charlotte with the Yelp Charlotte Podcast. Good job. Bye. Now it's your turn, I think. It's time for your your stupid crap or whatever it is.
0: (laughs) My stupid crap or whatever it is. Your
1: stupid murder story where you're going to talk about children being raped and murdered and bloodied and faces being ripped off by chimpanzees. In
0: 1974. Yes. A group of left-wing radicals, calling themselves the Symbionese Liberation Army.
1: Oh, the SLA. Stormed
0: into into the Berkeley, California apartment of publishing heiress Patty Hearst. And after smashing a wine bottle across her fiancé's face, dragged her away into the night. Who these people were and what happened to their victim after they ran off with her has since become the stuff of American legend.
1: Oh, this is a big one. This is a big one that... And I can't wait to hear about this because I've always heard this name. Mm-hmm. And I've heard this as a reference, but I've never really delved into it or known exactly what Well, get Well, hold on was.
0: to your tits because here we go. In the space of just a few months, a wealthy white woman from a famous family was abducted, converted to revolutionary Maoism, started making videos denouncing her own father as a pig, and then joined her comrades in a series of violent bank robberies.
1: I think we need more... Uh, high-profile kidnappings
0: (laughs) (laughs) later when a third of her fellow revolutionaries died in a shootout with police on live tv the manhunt for patty Hearst occupied daily media coverage and finally ended with comrade tanya as she now called herself being captured and charged for her crimes
1: oh she changed her name
0: so this is the story of um, patty Hearst kidnapping yes in 1973 a small group of young radical self-proclaimed anti-fascists in california Antifa founded the Symbionese Liberation Army. Most were former Berkeley students, like Nancy Ling, who came from an upper-middle-class family in San Francisco. She got an English degree in 1967.
1: Sim, when you say Symbionese. 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 What is that? What's Symbian?
0: um I'll tell you. I'll, oh, can you explain that? Okay. Um, in 1973, she was working at an at an orange juice stand on the Berkeley campus.
1: Selling juice. orange juice? She also juice stand. dealt
0: blackjack topless at a tourist attraction in San Hey-o! Francisco. Topless. Blackjack.
1: Topless blackjack dealer selling orange juice on the side of the road. Would
0: that be good naked or bad naked?
1: That would be good naked. You think?
0: Oh, uh, to deal blackjack? Uh Well,
1: yeah. I mean, if she's. Juggling while she's doing it, maybe a bit (laughs) bad, but it's like, you know. But you and I have different uh, different opinions on uh, good naked versus bad naked. I think there's not like for ladies, there's not much bad. For guys, like, eh, almost everything they're doing is bad naked. All right.
0: So, the next, uh, another one was Camilla Hall. She was a social worker from Minnesota who had quit her job and moved to Berkeley. Camilla Hall, y'all.
1: She's a social worker.
0: Where she lived off her family's trust fund and wrote radical poetry, as well as created line drawings that she tried to sell on the street.
1: Well, maybe if she had to work a little, a couple days in her life, she wouldn't. But if she was a social worker, that's hard work.
0: But she left that. She quit her job and moved to to Berkeley.
1: Went into social work thinking it would be a good thing. Mm Yeah. But then, once she got a job, she was like, No, this is hard work. I ain't doing this because I'm going to live off my family's money. And so I'm going to be a radical, crazy person because I don't right. know what it's like to live for a, earn a dollar.
0: Another typical member of the group was Willie Wolf, the son of an anesthesiologist from Connecticut though. who had graduated from a Massachusetts prep school in 1967 and went to Berkeley to study anthropology.
1: Wait, this is an anesthesiologist? His son. Son oh. of an anesthesiologist. Oh, son of an anesthesiologist.
0: So, while he was visiting prison inmates for a class, Wolf, who had started calling himself Cujo... Yeah? ...met a radical black bank robber named Donald DeFries...
1: Oh, no, that guy sounds cool. ...who would
0: soon become the leader of the fledgling SLA.
1: Oh.
0: You're just going to skim over that this guy started calling himself Cujo? Uh, well... Comment cu- on that?
1: Well, I mean... That's a badass name. I mean, I would call myself Cujo too if I was a right. rabid dog. But now, who he was the son of a
0: anesthesiologist.
1: Anesthesiologist. But tell me more about this Defreeze fellow. All right, he's so, the one who sounds cool to me.
0: He called himself General Marshall Sink Mutembe. He escaped from states from dad State Prison on March fifth, nineteen seventy three. Mm-hmm.
1: You mean the same day Tim Conway and Sha Na Na were on the new Bill Cosby show? Yes. And that's the same day that those, remember that last last year we talked about those New York Yankees pitchers that swapped their wives? Mm -hmm. That's the day they announced they were swapping their wives. They had that press conference where they said, hey, we're wife swapping. Remember that?
0: Yes, I do.
1: Oh, that's the same day. Is it? Yeah.
0: Okay, that works. So that was
1: happening in society. Bill Cosby
0: has a lot of skin tags.
1: On his face. On his face. Are those skin tags, or is that something else? I
0: don't know, but it's gross.
1: Well, maybe if he didn't have those, he wouldn't have to drug women and rape them. I,
0: all right. We're moving on. Well, okay.
1: the, Tim Conway and Shanana <laughs> were on the new Bill Cosby <laughs> show, and while Shannon was performing, Bill Cosby was probably... Yes, he probably was. ...raping someone.
0: Okay. Okay. So, he um, <clears throat> escaped from his prison on this date by just walking away from a work detail. What?! He'd He'd just there was just away? one guard there who, who left.
1: One idiot left guard? Left him there. He quit his job that day?
0: I don't know. He just left, and so he just walked away, and he entered Sometimes his...
1: Sometimes I think about that. What if a prisoner, what if a... Like, I had a job once that I just walked away. I just left, and I never went back. Yeah. What if a prison guard decided to do that one day, and he's out, got, like, he's 25 prisoners out yeah. in the yard somewhere?
0: <clears throat> so then he went into the Symblis, Symbionese, Symbionese SLA.
1: The SLA, y'all.
0: They put him in safe houses, they sheltered him from police, and then he started writing manifestos, and he designed the SLA's seven-headed cobra symbol.
1: Wait, hold on. Say what? So he got out of prison, he escaped from prison, and then he started doing what?
0: <clears throat> he was in safe houses.
1: Where did he find these safe houses?
0: This, the SLA members. Those, all these white girls and yeah, rich kids. Yeah, wh- these white rich kids. They, who were trying, they, were, yeah. they sheltered him Yeah. and hid him. And he started writing manifestos, and then he okay. came up with the symbol for the SLA. Yeah, that was the And then he came up with the name, and it's from, he liked the word symbiotic. Yeah. And
1: then he. So that's where he got that's the That's where he got symbionese from. So it's not even a. Yeah. It sounds like it's a country or somewhere. No, but, it, yeah, it does. And they, yeah, so the logo is like a seven-headed snake or something. Seven-headed cobra. Seven-headed cobra. So it's kind of like it's Hydra, Hail Hydra. Yeah. It's Hail Hydra. Stupid. It's he pretty probably, stupid if you think about it. Probably got out of a comic book.
0: So, um, <clears throat> the manifestos and other assorted writings offered little in the way of a clear mission statement. Sure. Death to the fascist insect that preys upon the life of the people, read one communique, widely uh, offered can. up as, a group's, as the group's motto. I actually
1: like that one.
0: Otherwise, according to the New York Times, the group's splintered rhetoric on cultural, racial, and sexual oppression was nearly random. Huh. But on August 21st, they released a declaration of war against the United States.
1: It's weird that they, they would declare war in the United States the same time the Teamsters Union and the AFL-CIO's United Farm Workers Union came to a settlement with regard to organizing grape growers in California.
0: Oh, okay. That's kind of a historical
1: thing. Yeah, deal. in response, uh, Cesar Chavez called an end to the UFW grape strike. There was a grape strike. That's it right. A, it was a nationwide boycott of California's non-union grapes, yep. lettuce, and, and Gallo Wines was stepped up.
0: Wow! Yeah. Good.
1: So the same time as that was happening, yep. they declared war
0: the, the, on the, U, on uh, the U.S. In the United States, and the success of the Castro Revolution in Cuba served as their model.
1: Okay. Well, yeah. <clears throat> yeah.
0: Whatever the purported philosophy of the Symbionese Liberation Army, their actions under DeFreeze turned violent starting in 1973.
1: See, that's where you lose me, the violence. When violence. they killed
0: Marcus Foster, Oakland's first black school superintendent. Well,
1: oh, that's bullshit. You can't, <laughs> I know. you can't kill Marcus Foster. What idiots. What the fuck are you doing? You right. had a good idea, and then you just go kill Marcus Foster? Yep. Why would they you said, kill him?
0: They said it was his for his fascist support of making school children in the district carry ID cards. Ah, yeah. So they killed him on uh, November 6th, 1973.
1: Ah, just for making kids have IDs? Yeah. Poor
0: Marcus Foster. He's doing a good thing. And. He, he's breaking the glass ceiling. He was very um, popular with the left and with uh, the black community. Marcus Foster was? And he was, Boy, yeah. He sh- yeah. And, and then, in Damn fact, hero. he. It turns out after they killed him, it turned out he had opposed the ID card plan. Oh, it wasn't
1: even uh, the <laughs> it, whole reason yeah. they killed him was not the real? <laughs> yeah. Oh,
0: and so yeah. It's a, presumably they didn't know when they shot him into oh. him eight times with hollow point forty five caliber bullets what? that they had filled up with cyanide beforehand.
1: It seems like they're, they're just, <laughs> so, It seems here's what it is. They're fucking idiots. Yes, they are
0: idiots. Yep. And so that killing had other radicals in the area wondering what the SLA was thinking. So the, they left, and like people are are you're turning making it against them.
1: You're making it hard to be a radical, you dumbass. Yep.
0: So <clears throat> by the end of 1973, with the Foster killing still in the papers, the SLA decided to really grab some headlines by kidnapping Patty Hearst, famed oh. heiress to the fortune of publishing magnate William Randolph Hearst.
1: Right now, now I think I read something somewhere where they said. It really wasn't that much of a thought process behind it. It was like they they were real close by. Like Patty Hearst lived. Like well, just, here, I'll get to it. Oh, okay. So in
0: 1973, Patty Hearst was mainly famous for being famous. Just, a,
1: yeah, so she was like Paris Hilton. Yes. And, or the, the Kardashians. Yes, exactly. Not famous for any skill or talent, just... Famous for being a famous famous. rich person.
0: See, she occasionally appeared in the society section of the San Francisco Chronicle. While attending a Bay Area Catholic school, she reportedly lied to the nuns about her mother having cancer to get out of exams.
1: Oh, now that is just low.
0: According to a psychologist who later testified at her trial, she experimented with sex and drugs at an early age. In 1973, still just 18 and living on her own in an apartment a few blocks away from the Symbionese Liberation Army's hangout and studying art history at Berkeley, Patty Hearst paid a visit to Soledad State Prison, where, according to a private investigator... Named it for
1: Soledad O'Brien.
0: ...hired after the kidnapping, she visited Donald DeFries, the soon-to-be General Field Marshal of the SLA. She
1: went to visit him (laughs) in prison.
0: Yeah. Nobody knows how Hearst came to know DeFries or what they talked about when they met. Uh, though prison staff unaccountably allowed freeze virtually unlimited conjugal visits with women he wasn't married to Which is a violation of the rules that were in place at the uh, time.
1: So you were only allowed to have conjugal visits to people you were married to? Yeah, it seems pretty hard. So, but also but they let this guy bang whoever he wanted to
0: so a few months before her kidnapping Patty Hearst was written up in the local papers when her family announced her engagement to her 51 year old tutor Steve Weed
1: <laughs> <laughs> Steve Weed is a 50-year, one-year-old tutor.
0: Yeah, and she's engaged to him.
1: And she's 18.
0: And her family put it in the newspaper. Because they,
1: they thought that was a good idea.
0: With their address.
1: Oh, God.
0: Her apartment address was written up in the newspaper, Steve, printed now, in the newspaper. Now, Steve <laughs>
1: Weed, I am picturing Steve Weed as this guy. <laughs> you know, and, and when he was in college, he was like... Dude, I'm Steve Weed. I'm the hookup, you know, and like he was just like the cool dude, the smoking weed. But he wasn't, because he's was a tutor. So he he's wasn't
0: that a nerdy guy. You want Steve he's Weed? A to be skinny the cool, nerdy guy.
1: Skinny nerdy, fifty-one year old guy with an eighteen. You know, I think that's what Skid Row song 18 in Life" was based on. This oh, eighteen unless you got it. All Hey, right. eighteen.
0: You're getting way al- off topic. Probably here. not. I don't All know. All right, so on February fourth, nineteen seventy-four. Patty and her fiancé were together in her apartment.
1: Wait. They were in her apartment probably getting ready to watch Bill Bixby in The Magician. Okay. Uh, I think we cut this out of the last show, but Bill Bixby before The Incredible Hulk was on a show called The Magician where he was um, a magician. It was the cases of a a stage magician escape artist who moonlights as an amateur crime fighter, and they were like hour-long episodes about Bill Bixby, and on Monday, February 4th, he... uh, this episode he was performing on board of the Queen Mary.
0: Oh, you got all stuffed up for all of a sudden.
1: Yeah. Uh you are on right? this episode the magician is performing on board of the Queen Mary when masked robbers interrupt his act. And his friend, Ed Cassidy, played by William Shatner, is blamed for the robbery, and Tony Blake sets out to prove his innocence.
0: Okay. That show
1: was on. They were about to watch it. And she's only wearing a nightgown. Oh, she's wearing a nightgown watching The Magician in bed. So
0: when a group of three Symbionese Liberation Army members burst through her door and grabbed her.
1: They bust in, and she's already met with this one guy, so she already has contact with him. One of the kidnappers grabbed
0: a bottle of wine that Hearst had been sharing with weed and smashed it across his head, knocking him out. Oh, no. And he's like, I'm never going to know how The Magician ends. The group then bundled Hurst into the trunk of a waiting car, fired several rounds into the apartment building, and sped off. Holy
1: shit. She'll never know. And that show's going to be canceled soon. She'll never know the ending.
0: So eight days later, the SLA released a statement threatening to execute their prisoner of war and demanding the release of Russell Little, one of the group's founders, who was then sitting in jail for the murder of the school superintendent. Mm. It was this letter that ended with the phrase that has widely come to define the group, death to the fascist insect that preys upon the life of the people.
1: That's funny, because I have a, actually have that as a tramp stamp, right? Yeah, I know you do, yeah. Right above my uh, butt. Yeah.
0: At the time of her abduction, Patty Hearst was an affluent white woman who was seized in the most dramatic way a politically radical group of hu- hum- of humanities students could arrange. Naturally, the incident was an instant hit with the media, which devoted acres of print to developments in the case and biographies of every known member of the SLA. According to her own later accounts, Patty Hearst spent much of her time locked in a closet at the SLA safe house, where she was subjected to Maoist consciousness-raising sessions and repeatedly raped by various members of the group. With Patty Hearst captive, the SLA used its newfound notoriety to the fullest, Right after the kidnapping, when Donald DeFries put out the statement demanding the release of Russell Little, the SLA also demanded that Hearst's rich father pay seventy dollars to every needy person in California in the form of free groceries.
1: Seventy dollars, that's yeah. it?
0: Yeah, in free groceries. But the
1: total of that every to every needy in need, person in California. Be like hundreds of thousands of dollars, probably.
0: So Randolph Hearst, Patty Hurst's father immediately took out a $2 million loan on okay. February 19th. Yeah. And he gave the money to a group he hastily founded called People in Need.
1: While they're making the threats, before he took the money out, Blazing Saddles came out.
0: The oh, number, The
1: number one movie of the year. That's a great movie. The number one highest grossing movie of the year, anyway. Yeah. Um, um, and, you know, when they first screened that for Warner Brothers executives, almost nobody laughed, and the movie was... Not going to be released. And then Mel Mel Brooks quickly set up another screening for studio's employees. And those regular folks laughed uproariously uproariously Mm -hmm. throughout the movie. And they just had to take a chance on it. And so regular... It's a classic now. Yep. uh, And there is a man... uh, If you look at around 1 hour and 27 minutes into the movie there is a man in a sweater standing on the sidewalk watching the action in the background. They kept trying to get that guy to get out of the shot, but he kept <laughs> wa- wandering back into it. And they finally just kept him in it and had him sign a waiver. And he's in the movie. No oh, funny. Uh, and then while filming, Burton Gilliam, Lyle the henchman, uh, was having a difficult time saying the N-word, especially to Cleavon Little because they really liked Cleveland Little. Mm-hmm. But finally, after several takes, uh, Little took Gilliam off the side and he told him, it's okay because these aren't your words. And then Little jokingly added, if I thought you would say those words to me in any other situation, we'd go to Fist City. But this is all fun. Don't worry about it. Oh, that's I good. just love it because he said Fist City. And, yeah. then, and then February 9th, Love Unlimited Orchestra takes over the Billboard charts mm-hmm. with Love's theme. It's an instrumental piece recorded by Barry White's Love Unlimited Orchestra. Uh, and it's, it's like a disco. It's like the, one of the first ever disco... It was like a disco instrumental song, oh, okay. and disco started like exploding popularity. I didn't know
0: Barry that. White did any instrumentals.
1: Yeah, apparently his. Well, it's his his orchestra. Okay. Like I don't think he's on it at all. but oh, okay. this is his the orchestra played with him. And if you watch the video on YouTube, it's just a bunch of people like on Soul Train dancing. Yeah, I, I can fun. imagine it. You just picture it, and then uh, and then real quick, we're almost to February nineteenth, February seventeenth. Oh. A U.S. soldier, Robert K. Preston, stole a helicopter from Fort Meade in Maryland and flew to the White House in Washington, D.C., and hovered over the White House. And the Secret Service shot and injured him, forcing him to land. What was he doing? He received a one-year prison sentence and $2,400 in fines. Basically, he wanted he got he was in the army, uh, trying to become a helicopter pilot, and yeah. he failed. Oh. The test. So he was pissed? So he was just trying to prove that he could help fly a helicopter. So he flew, it over, so the he wa- flew over the White over House? Over the White House, yeah. What an idiot. What a dumbass. And they yeah. shot him down. Like, they shot him down. And he, he was fine. But uh, luckily. Jeez. luckily, um, He could have died. Yeah. Nixon wasn't there. He was gone. And Nixon's wife was uh, visiting uh, his. God, what an sick, idiot. Her sick daughter. Uh, yeah. what? A, I mean, he was kind of a crazy person. So I
0: guess so. Yeah.
1: Um, And then on February 19th, the same night as the first American Music Awards and Maude was on. Yeah. The investment.
0: Okay. Um, Yes.
1: Maude's a great show.
0: So he took out the $2 million loan and gave the money to a group he hastily founded People in Need. <clears throat> His good intentions came to grief, however, and the program to give away food had to be shut down when the needy people located the giveaway operation in West Oakland and started a riot that sent several people to the hospital.
1: Oh, gosh. So all the needy people. So I like the idea of the needy people getting stuff.
0: Yeah. But then
1: but what it, there was so many
0: run? people that the people in that were in the building, they... Started throwing the food out the window at the poor people, <laughs> oh and no. then the poor people Are fighting over were it, getting pissed, and they start throwing the food back in the window. Oh, the way
1: they're throwing the food back because they're mad at them throwing the, in the food.
0: Yeah, I think so. Yeah, ah. and then they started a riot. Oh
1: no! So um, I thought they were fighting over like there'd be like no. poor people fighting over bread and stuff.
0: No. So um, at various points, um, Patty Hearst made audio recordings that were then released to the media. The first two, made on days 9 and 13 of her captivity, were of the usual, I'm okay, but do what they want variety. Then on day 34, after the riot and the suspension of the food giveaway, the tone shifted. Here's a transcript of that third recording. Hold on.
1: So she's still, they still don't know where she is, but she's just sending out recordings.
0: Quote, Mom, Dad, I've been hearing reports about the food program. So far, it sounds like you and your advisors have managed to turn it into a real disaster. You said that it was out of your hands. What you should have said was that you washed your hands of it. It sounds like most of the food is low quality. No one received any beef or lamb. Anyway, it certainly doesn't sound like the kind of food our family is used to eating. Lamb?
1: (laughs) So she was just yelling at them. Picky picky about the food. Because they're not giving them fancy food.
0: So, honest criticism, perhaps. But then on day 59, she recorded this next one. Quote, Mom, Dad. Tell the poor and oppressed people of this nation what the corporate state is about to do. Warn black and poor people that they are about to be murdered down to the last man, woman, and child. Tell the people that the energy crisis is nothing more than a means to get public approval for a massive program to build nuclear power plants all over the nation. I've been given the choice of one, being released in a safe area, or two, joining the forces of the Symbionese Liberation Army and fighting for my freedom and the freedom of all oppressed people. I have chosen to stay and fight. I have been given the name Tanya after a comrade who fought alongside Che in Bolivia. Well, Tanya's is a nice name. It is name. in the spirit of Tanya that I say, "Patrio o muerta, venos, ser- venos Oh,
1: I know what that means. That means uh, stand clear of the doors on the subway. <laughs> yeah, no, I've that's, seen that on there.
0: <laughs> that's menti de la puerta something. Uh, I, I used to remember. I used to have that memorized.
1: Mentengasi. Yeah, I, I recognize Puerta.
0: Yeah, de la Puerta. As if to dispel any doubts about whether she was serious, on April fifteenth.
1: On Monday, April fifteenth, the same day, the magician was on again, okay. and this time <laughs> with Bill Bixby. Uh, Yeah, a magician was killed. Another, a fellow magician was killed during the filming of a highly risky magic trick. And so Bill Bixby takes on both the investigation and his friend's place in recreating the table of death illusion for the cameras.
0: Okay, who cares? I can't believe that show was canceled.
1: Bill Bixby is a magician. All right,
0: so on April 15th, (laughs) um, she was caught on CCTV waving a gun around and guarding hostages during an SLA bank robbery. When general bungling led to shots being fired, leaving one person dead and another injured, the group fired the bank. Fl- I'm sorry, they fled the bank and disappeared, taking $10,692 with them.
1: Surprising there's no change. They didn't even take a quarter.
0: Then the authorities received this message Quote, Greetings to the people. This is Tanya. Our actions of April 15th forced the corporate state to help finance the revolution. As for being brainwashed, the idea is ridiculous beyond belief. I'm a soldier in the People's Army.
1: Tanya, what a funny name! You know anybody named Tanya?
0: My mom's best, one of my mom's best friends. We was was named Tanya.
1: (laughs) Like growing up, Mm -hmm. Tanya. Like every Tanya I've ever met, it's just kind of like you know she's not gonna lead anything. She's just like, uh, oh Tanya's coming over. I gotta. And you can talk to her about her boyfriend. Yeah. <laughs> Get some cookies. So
0: the end of and the Tanya. Symbionese Liberation Army began a month after the bank robbery when Patty Hearst, now known as Tanya, Tanya, accompanied a couple other members to Mel's Sporting Goods Store in Los Angeles. As SLA members William Harris and his wife Emily were about to pay for their supplies and leave, Harris tried shoplifting an ammunition case. When the pair were confronted by store security, they forced their way to the front of the store where Hearst pulled a gun and shot up the store sign. Oh, she had been taught to shoot by her father, by the way.
1: Oh, OK. Her dad, who uh, was happy with her marrying a 55 year old yep. guy named Weed. Yep. Yep. That Steve got the B.
0: LAPD's attention, and they put out an APB for the van that the SLA members fled in.
1: Calling all cars! Calling <clears> all cars! <throat> that There's van, a van at- uh, fleeing a uh, sporting goods store, mm-hmm. and they shot up a sign. And um, uh, you
0: can just picture that '70s van pulling off, probably green.
1: Yeah, green van with like those like black circle windows yep, and like yep. some kind of '70s design on it.
0: Maybe. So the vans later spotted in front of a small house on 54th Street, which was immediately surrounded by hundreds of police officers.
1: This is in L.A., right? Yeah.
0: Over the next several hours, more than 9,000 rounds of ammunition crossed each other in the air as the S.L.A. and L.A.P.D. traded gunfire. 9,000 So it was a total gunfire gun battle holy cow and the residents fled the now blocked off neighborhood and half the the half the whole country tuned into local news which broadcast the event live this is the whole shootout was on TV live
1: I don't I never heard about all this This is the 70s man (laughs) 70s are crazy
0: as the siege went on one member of the SLA was fatally wounded by a shot through the wall and two more were killed as they tried to flee out the back when police fired scores of gunpowder actuated tear gas canisters through the window Starting a massive fire that quickly engulfed the whole place. Oh, no. General Marshal Sinke Mutembe of the People's Symbionese Liberation Army led his two surviving followers into a crawl space under the house. Their corpses were later found with their gas masks melted to their
1: faces. Oh, snap. This
0: was one of the greatest gun battles in U.S. history. Really? Yeah.
1: In the US, all of U.S. Not, history?
0: That's not a war.
1: Yeah, well, I guess. I mean, I'm just thinking, like, the Wild Wild, Wild West, West and everything. And stuff, yeah. But I guess they just had those tiny little six shooters or whatever. They're yeah. not going to have 9,000 rounds yeah. being blasted through there. It, may,
0: it might not be now, but at the time it was. You know what I'm saying? Like, nah, I there guess. Might have, there's probably more, more. I don't think more than this. I mean, battles. this is a lot. Yeah. Through it all, the only question anybody cared about and the one that the media kept bringing up was whether or not Patty Hearst was in the house. As it happens, she wasn't.
1: She wasn't there. She
0: had separated from the rest of her group and gone to a different safe house and watched the siege on TV like everyone else. Oh, really? After it was over and all six SLA members' deaths were confirmed, Comrade Tanya released her last public statement as an urban revolutionary on June 7th.
1: Oh, gosh. And I know we're getting on through June's, the year, but... Yeah, on June 7th, 1974, oh, the, the same day that um, Jeanette Nolan and Dick Ram, Dak Rambo... Mm-hmm. Jeanette Nolan and Dak Rambo starred in Dirty Sally. was a TV show about a crotchety old lady, Sally Fergus, who roams the Old West with a young companion, Cyrus.
0: That sounds bad. It it only
1: lasted one season.
0: Yeah, it sounds pretty bad.
1: It looks stupid. So
0: here's what she wrote. um, Quote, greetings to the people. This is Tanya. I want to talk about the way I knew our six murdered comrades because the fascist pig media have, of course, been painting a typically distorted picture of these beautiful sisters and brothers. Thick then news. she goes on she goes on and talks about each one that died and what how great all they were stuff. and all that stuff. Are we sure it's not Tanya? She said she had a her love affair with Cujo, that he was her true soulmate. He was? True magic love Cujo and all this was? stuff. Yeah. Um, then... Um, what she had to do, apparently, she said at the end, I know what I have to do. And what she had to do was rob another bank. And on April 18th, 1975, in Sacramento, where many, where, where more careless gunplay by a different SLA member.
1: Did you say mork careless? Mo- no. mork? more
0: careless? No. More careless gunplay.
1: Oh. Hold on. More got a
0: 42. Year, this got a 42-year-old woman making a deposit for her church shot in the chest with a 12-gauge shotgun. Oh shit! Then on August 22nd, 1975. So this has gone on for yeah. We're a, now into the next year. year. We're already in the next yep.
1: episode. We're in like episode 40 something yeah. at this point, and the, I didn't even do any dates on this. So I know. You just so go.
0: a man found a black bag in the parking lot of an IHOP.
1: Oh, he delicious was get- IHOP. Oh, this is the IHOP murderer.
0: He was getting ready to kick it.
1: <laughs> he was going to kick that bag? He was
0: going to kick it.
1: There's a black bag.
0: <laughs> Why would you think? Well, well,
1: well I'm in an IHOP there's parking a black lot. bag. And there's a black bag. I guess I'll kick it. I guess I'll <laughs> kick that shit. I guess I'm going to kick it. I'm going to kick it. I know. Actually... I think I relate to that guy. (laughs) Why would you kick it? Oh, you know. Here's the thing. Listen. You got a bomber, baby.
0: Either way, let's just kick it. (laughs)
1: Put put yourself in the situation. You're in 1975. Yeah. You're in an IHOP parking lot. Why wouldn't you kick a black bag?
0: Well, inside of it was um, one of the most dangerous pipe bombs the bomb squad had ever seen. It was placed beneath a car, but when the car pulled away,
1: the bag was sitting there.
0: It was. It had It had, dis, it had disconnected. Yeah. It didn't go off. It was. It had missed by a sixteenth of an inch. Oh no! Then so these two police officers are driving away. They hear about the bomb found in the parking lot over there, whatever thing, and realize they they you just mean their walkie talkies. Yeah. They realize. Well, we just left that IHOP. So then they're like, Oh shit, let's. And oh, that was shit. a
1: delicious meal we had. They, but let's go they're back. They're
0: like, No. They're like, Oh shit, let's look. Let's look under our car and make sure that. And sure enough. The other half of the bomb was on the still on the they bottom were of to their kill police car. Oh, yep. And then they also found another pop bomb discovered in another police car as what? well. But that didn't go off. That either. didn't go off either. No, these guys, these they're pretty piss poor as revolutionaries so far. They their plans kind of like the mag, like the all like the, the,
1: the maga bomber, and then his went off. Yeah, they did. Yeah, but he didn't kill anybody. Yeah, he did. The maga bomber.
0: The the Unabomber. I, no, the, oh, I'm, I'm talking about the, oh, 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 the, the most recent. Oh guy, no! Okay, I'm sorry. This new I don't guy. know anything about that.
1: Oh, he's the he's this new guy. Yeah,
0: you told me about him, but I don't know. Of the in details. the news,
1: he's a big Trump guy, and he's yeah. trying to kill Obama and Clinton. That so ridiculous.
0: The, so authorities followed a trail that eventually led them to Hearst's apartment in the Mission District in San Francisco, where she was arrested on September 19, 1975, 17 months after the kidnapping. Wow. When she was booked, Patty Hearst gave her occupation as Urban gorilla.
1: Guerrilla. Not gorilla, right? <laughs> but isn't
0: that ridiculous?
1: Urban Guerrilla. Right.
0: While her parents spent whatever was necessary to hire investigators, psychologists and F. Lee Bailey as her defense counsel.
1: Trying to get people to say she was brainwashed. A and defiant she had Hearst to...
0: refused to cooperate with the investigators or to speak with her pig fascist family. Really? The, py- the psychiatrists that... Examiner said she weighed 87 pounds Ooh. and had lost 18 IQ points.
1: Oh, what? Oh, so she lost a lot of weight and IQ yep. points. However, ah.
0: with serious charges and likely prison time ahead of her, she underwent a rapid deconversion and renounced as rapists and brainwashers the people she had described with words and phrases like wise and the gentlest, most beautiful man I'd ever known. No,
1: so now they're trying to prove she had Munchausen syndrome, right? No, Stockholm syndrome. Stockholm syndrome. <laughs> Munchausen is where, <you> po- <laughs> where you pretend you're sick. You poison somebody, yeah. No, you point. Moin,
0: no, Munchausen is Munchausen. when you make yourself sick you make on yourself, purpose or for a attention, kid or a child. And then Munchausen by proxy is yeah. when you do that to a child. To a child,
1: and then but, I, but that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about the Stockholm Stockholm syndrome, where you fall in love with your captor or that's whatever. That's right. Yeah, okay, so. So. Um, and now she's admitting so, that that because somebody probably pulled her aside and said, "Yo." You're going to jail, too, if you don't just say that they brainwashed you.
0: In, in analysis, in analyses that were hotly contested, assorted psychologists and experts found that Hurst was experiencing various kinds of mental trauma and that she may have been brainwashed to some degree. Um, to to what extent Patty Hurst was a perpetrator or a victim has remained in debate ever since. Huh. The judge in the case was less than sympathetic to claims of brainwashing given that Hearst hadn't been in custody for more than six weeks before she was released, releasing audio recordings, specifically yeah. denying that she'd been brainwashed. Yeah. But that's what a brainwashed person's going to say. You're right. They're going to say they're not brainwashed. It, yeah,
1: right. It's impossible to know.
0: Yeah, the jury couldn't really buy it either, and Hearst was found guilty. Though one member was visibly crying when the guilty verdict was read. Hurst was sentenced to seven years in prison, but that was later commuted by President Jimmy Carter in 1979.
1: Jimmy Carter.
0: On his last day in office in 2001, President Bill Clinton issued a full pardon for Hurst, who was now married to a former San Francisco police officer and living in the family compound in Wilton, California.
1: What's a family compound? Oh, her big family's rich. Oh, okay.
0: While Patty Hurst was enjoying her presidential pardon, the last remaining members of the Symbionese Liberation Army were being sent to prison. Four former members had been apprehended for their roles in the Sacramento bank robbery in and placed on trial in 2002. What? The follow- all the way in 2002, they're yep. still apprehending these guys. Yep. Mm, the that's following crazy. year, all got sentences of seven years, except for Emily Harris, the one holding the shotgun, who got 13 years added to a 20-to-life sentence she was already facing for trying to plant bombs under police cars in the 70s. Dang.
1: You don't. You know, here's the thing. Don't plant bombs on police cars, and you'll yeah. probably.
0: Patty Hearst, who had right. participated in all of these crimes, was granted immunity as a state witness before the trials began, but never called, and so didn't have to give a statement or appear in court to address the infamous crimes. They had all; they have all been released. All of the SLA members have been released from prison as of 2009. Huh. The only SLA member still in prison is Joe Romero, who killed Marcus Foster in the first action taken by the SLA. Well, that
1: fucker should stay there because you don't kill right. Marcus Foster.
0: Hearst became prominent in East Coast society in fundraising in the fundraising scene, particularly involved in the Foundation for Children with AIDS. I mean, after
1: all this, like yeah. since yeah, really.
0: On February 16th, 2005, Hurst's dog won the toy category in Westminster Dog Kennel Show at Madison Square <laughs> what? Garden. What?
1: What are we talking? What are we talking about? <laughs> what are we even doing here?
0: What? <sighs> That's the story that? of Patty Hearst and the Symbanese liberation? That's Arby? how it is with her dog yeah. with a goddamn Westminster? What? She's like a socialite now.
1: She's not... She's Nobody's preventing her from participating in that? Well, why?
0: She's pardoned. Fully pardoned. Fully pardoned, man. You can't, you can't do anything. That's crazy. That's well, crazy. Well, Stockholm Syndrome is a thing.
1: It is. It is. So it might be... She might have been completely... And, I mean, it's a real
0: thing. Well, and, Elizabeth
1: Smart. Yeah. Same thing. Right. And now look at her. She's... She's dating Jay Z. What? Or no. Kanye West or something. No. Maybe. What are you talking
0: about? She's doing something.
1: She was on a show. What? She had. A sh- I don't know. She's. She's not have a show. No, she started a nonprofit. You're crazy. Do you like she, that story? She's got a rap song. No, that was
0: really good. Was it? Interesting? Yeah, that was really
1: good. I'm glad you were doing that because because
0: um, it's a little twisty and turny.
1: That's very twisty and turny. And I that story came up on my yeah. research, and I was like, oh, I don't know if I have enough. I don't know if I, I just don't know if I have the gumption. Yeah. To I know. Cover that whole thing. Yeah. No that was good. That was very interesting and it was a crazy ride and I've always wanted I've always heard about that. About that Patty Hearst thing. I didn't really know, but you know who you know who I picture? I don't know what she looks like. So I'm picturing Lisa Welchel from Facts of Life.
0: Oh. She, no, she doesn't really look like that. She's dark-haired. She actually she's blonde now because she probably colors it, but oh, she was dark-haired she at the She was time. dark-haired back
1: then. Oh, in, her, well,
0: in her mugshot, her famous mugshot. So I she's should doctor. picture Joe Paul. She's, she's not very attractive.
1: If she was a Facts of Life character, who would she be? Joe, probably. Joe. Okay. Yeah. Joe. I'm, I'm glad you made motor. me go through that exercise. Throwing a motor. That's what we should do with all women from now on. Oh my if gosh. you were a Facts of Life character. Which Facts who of are...
0: Life member is she?
1: Yeah, which Facts of Life member are you, honey? Have you thought about that?
0: I don't.
1: I think you're a Tootie. Tootie? you're in trouble all right what's next make that double i think that's all the time we have
0: oh wow okay
1: yeah it's been well over it's been a long time so i think we should just cut for no that was good
0: i'm coming back home
1: no no don't sing that this no that was a perfect way to end i mean that was a great story and we talked about a lot of shit and we'll just we'll pick back up in let's see i think no i think February twentieth, actually, yeah, I have something that. Jeez,
0: um, we didn't get through February.
1: Yeah, but then this was a big one, but uh, okay, we'll save it then. Uh, but we jumped, you know, we
0: we did jump around.
1: Well, no, we didn't much. I mean, I didn't. That's the last thing I did. But yeah, we got to February twentieth. Jeez. Uh, oh man, we got a lot, to, a lot do. to do. We're gonna do a lot of episodes. Twelve parter. But, but when you have that's the thing. When you have these stories that are you want to get you gotta know, know
0: you gotta know what you have happened. a lot of
1: questions and what happened. And crazy shit happened in the seventies. That's right. You're right. Plus, we decided somewhere along the way, from episode one till now, we decided, oh, let's actually do some research so we know what <laughs> yeah. we're talking about. <laughs> right. Instead and so now, when you do research, Wikipedia. it's like shit. These there's a lot of info here. Yep. Instead that's of just right. like just just Guessing what you think happened, (laughs) because well, in the the '90s and the '80s, like we lived all that, so we like kind of remembered some of it. So this, we don't know any of this. So anyway. Thank you for listening. Please yes. give us five stars. Yes. Rate, review, uh, subscribe. On iTunes. And tell your friends. Like, tell your neighbors. Like, your family members. Like, grab their iPhones. Look up American Timelines. Give it five stars. And then throw their iPhone out the window. Punch them in the face. Don't tell do that. The... No, don't do any of that. Oh, don't do that part. But do the thing. Like, take their phone and do that. They don't know what a podcast is. It's probably true. There's like a... There's a... Sorry, what I turned my you? microphone off. There's a bunch of ladies, like, in their 70s that mm-hmm. have iphones that don't listen to podcasts they don't know how
0: you just do it you just take your grandma's but phone i
1: told you just grab her phone and just use it say grandma let me see your phone i'll help you and you just type in whatever yep, american time right. podcast and right. give us five stars all right uh, it's time to
0: get out of here chuck berry
1: it's time to get out of here chuck berry it's 1974 guys we're whoop, almost whoop, we're whoop. almost through the 70s halfway <laughs> I love I love Matt Truman. Just listen to him. Listen yeah, to listen his to voice. Him. Sexy gorgeous man. He's fucking prince mixed with goddamn Mick Jagger. You can't not love him. You can see him at Howard's Club H.
0: American Timelines is a member of the Queen City Podcast Network. For more information, go to queencitypodcastnetwork.com.